0: Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy Mike Kegley. Tonight, Matt Stevens, Kedrick Prince, they'll be on. We're going to talk about coming football season, and we've got a few questions from our subscribers that we are going to go through. Tried to cull some of them, and we will answer the questions for alinaiguys.com sur- subscribers. If you want to join and be one of the subscribers, that's really easy to do. Go to com, hit the... Uh, registration button, $99 a year. You get all the stories unadulterated. You, you don't get just the preview that non-subscribers get. And you can use the message boards where you go back in, think of it as social media, only about sports that we talk uh, amongst subscribers and have arguments and debates over this, that, and the other thing, but you can debate directly with Ked, Brad, Matt, uh, and anybody here at the, uh, Illini guys. So it's a lot of fun. So, uh, give us just a few seconds here to talk, uh, some ads and then we'll be right back with Ked and Matt. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini guys radio network by broadcasting on the Illini guys sports spectacular. We have over 20 stations, including stations in Chicago, St. Louis, Champaign, Decatur, Springfield, Bloomington, the Quad Cities, Rockford, Peoria, Marion, Quincy, and Jacksonville, amongst others, you can reach over 11 million people in the state of Illinois by partnering with us. Send me an email, mike at IlliniGuys.com, and let's find a way that we can build your business together. Welcome to Eye on the Illini, and as advertised, we've got Matt Stevens. And Kedrick Prince here. We are going to spend a few minutes talking about Illini football. Obviously, that's the first thing on everyone's mind as we are, well, as you listen to this, we'll be darn close to uh, eight days out from the football season. And I will tell you, I can't wait. So I'm excited. Uh, We'll also then go over just a little bit of recruiting to make sure that uh, the latest news people are aware of. And we'll even talk a little bit of basketball recruiting at the very end here. So, uh, gentlemen, as as we look at this season, you know, I look at this Illini football schedule, and and I'm a little nervous here. I see Toledo as a team that um, you know is much more threatening than what people think it is. And if you beat them, then the 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 fans and the press are going to say, eh, you know, you beat Toledo. What do you want an award? but if you lose to them then they say well that's a really good team and you should have beat them then then there's the trip to Lawrence Kansas and then there is Penn State at home i am i'm trying to think you know off the top of my head i think this is the toughest three games of the schedule are the first 3 And that's when you're trying to break in your new quarterback and see if your running back by committee works and see if your DBs are ready to um, play. Matt, am I looking at that wrong? Are you seeing it any different? How are you looking at this schedule and and what you think are the key games and key stretches?
1: No, I think, I mean, I could come up with a scenario in which Illinois starts out 0-3 and and it's, I don't have to dig deep into the, creative mind to figure out how to how that happens um Toledo's really good uh I think Illinois wins that game if they so if Illinois wins that game it's because Illinois is just better near the football you know on the offensive and defensive line Illinois can and should be better um but Illinois is breaking in a lot of new pieces and and Toledo's like a lot of things in the MAC um Toledo's got a lot of consistency and a lot of uh Returning parts to what they feel like is a pretty good football team, and, and well, they know is a pretty good football team, because a lot of those guys come back from that MAC championship, championship team. Um, and then you know, Kansas is really good, and I, I I would like that game a lot more if it was in Champaign. The fact that it's in Lawrence gives me a little bit of call, pause. The fact that Illinois is going to be on a short week gives me a little bit of a pause, um, be just because I know that you know physically I know that they're going to need to play physical football against Toledo. And then I I just, I just wonder, look, if Nebraska, if if Kansas's defense shows up, Illinois could be in trouble. Um, But Kansas has a lot of defensive questions that they need to answer um, to, especially after what happened to them. I say in the last half of that season um, where they gave up 30, 40, 50 points to pretty much everybody. Um, They've got a lot to answer to there and the Penn state game, Illinois will not be favored. Um, And so like I said, I mean, I don't need to come up with a huge creative masterpiece to figure out how Illinois could start out 0-3. Um, and if you do start out, like, say, 1-2 and two, um, in that three-game stretch, I think this fan base checks out. I'll be honest with you. I, I've seen it happen already too many times with this fan base when it comes to the football program. Um, they will, They will flat check out. I saw it happen last year when, you know, they went – they started, they lost those games against Michigan state and Purdue and the fan base just flat out checked out. I'll, I'll just be honest. Um, and so I, I think, I think Illinois is, is desperately hoping for a two and one start, potentially a three and O's oh, a two and O oh start when they post Penn state for big noon kickoff on Fox, um, which would be a huge atmosphere for, for but if they don't, um, I think everything that the marketing department at the U of I and pretty much everything Brett Balaam has tried to build almost gets flushed down the toilet because you have to remember, Mike, um, that would mean Illinois would be one for its last seven. They would be one and six in their last seven games because they, they ended the year one and four um, after starting seven and one. So, They've made it very, very clear that they, they need to be on their P's and Q's at the start of the season. And I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think that if Illinois had to do this all over again, um, I don't know whether or not they would have scheduled the way they did. And I think that Kansas and Lance Leipold being able to pull their own weight now as a, as a football program and build something was something that I don't think Josh Whitman thought he was going to have to deal with when he scheduled Kansas for this home and home. And I think that that's what makes this early scratch really, really tough.
0: Ed, you know, you've had a chance to look at the schedule. What are are your thoughts on this season for the Illini?
1: Well, the non-conference
2: schedule, you know, what Matt said in the end, I agree wholeheartedly. I think when they put the schedule together, because these football schedules are put together in advance, I think they really thought that both of these teams would be easy wins. And, you know, Toledo is a really good team, and Kansas has obviously improved. Um, But I'm going to give Illinois more credit than that. The thing I think that's different this year, you know, and I heard everything Matt just said, this is a different coach team. I mean, and I know the fans have always been let down. I just, I'm a firm believer in what Coach Bielema has built. Even if they do go one and two, I don't think the fans run because I think they know the talent level in this team. Season tickets, they sold 10,000 new season tickets. So I just don't think that they bail right away on it. Um, are they easy wins? No, and I'm gonna tell you, I do another radio show today, and I'm um, look. I'm not everybody's just counting them out against Penn State. Now, that's right; they're not probably won't be favorites. Well, this is a different Illinois team, and so will Penn State will be different as well. Illinois went to Michigan last year and should have won. They can play with people because they're well coached. Physically, they're bigger. They have talent. They have an offensive coordinator. They have a defensive coordinator. They have a great head coach. And the talents there. I think they can compete with anybody when they take the field. Will they win every game? I don't know that. But I'm not gonna sit and say that Illinois doesn't have a chance to be every single person on their schedule because it was two or three years ago when I you know, who would have thought they would have won in seventy five thousand overtimes in one I and, and and Happy Valley. So anything's possible when especially when you have talent. This team has talent and a coaching staff.
0: Yeah, I, I, I will say you know, it's it's kind of amazing as you look at that how these schedules evolve over the years. You know, you, you sometimes think you're going to get a good team, and they go down a little bit. And, you know, you think Kansas is going to be a free pass, and then, you know, Lance comes to town, and all of a sudden they become a, a competitive team. Yippee. Um, I, I also, you know, really look at this Penn State team as the – I think they're the one of two X factors in the uh, Big Ten – um, because if they can somehow rise up and, and beat Ohio state or Michigan, that they, they will, that they will really mess with, with the, the, the way prognosticators think the season's going to go. And I do think they have the talent to do that. I'm just not certain they're going to have the quarterback that they need, unless you get a young guy playing extremely well, which isn't easy to do in the big 10, but.
2: And hey, Mike, yeah. I want to ask. I want to ask something else. Here's the thing, that you know, I looked at the schedule earlier today. Um, I know you asked about the non-conference schedule, but um, I like Illinois chances. It should just seem a long term because when I went through the schedule, i this is no disrespect to Northwestern, but Iowa and Illinois are the only two teams in the West Division that they don't play Ohio State or Michigan. That neither one of those teams do. Everyone else in the conference does. So. I know Iowa plays Penn State and so does Illinois. And I think Iowa goes to Penn State and obviously Penn State's in Champaign. I think that Penn State game looms large because if you can, you know, everybody's going to step up once, but if you can hold suit and take care of what you're supposed to and not have those games, Illinois has a chance.
0: Yep. Um, as we look at this team, is there, is there any player that you're just really intrigued? and and want to see how how his year is going to go, both from a standpoint of just your personal interest, and then um, the second thing would be their importance to the team. Matt? Oh,
1: um, I'll give you an offensive player and a defensive player. Okay. Uh, one uh, Offensive player for me is Josh McCray. I, I, I think if he's healthy, I think he can be one of the best backs in the Big Ten. I, I just think he has all of the skill set that you would need to have one of the best back uh one of the best seasons that you can have. I mean he's got to stay healthy. If Josh can stay healthy, Illinois is going to have a good year. I think Illinois is going to have a good run game. Um I'm intrigued by how if he can stay healthy for 12 regular season games what his numbers could be. On defense, uh it's Miles Scott. I just wrote about him on elanagaz.com. I, I think he's going to start at one of the safety spots. If he does not start, I think he will play more than 55 to maybe even 60% of the snaps anyway, um, at one of the safety spots. Um, he is the reason that I am bullish and I am not buying this. Well, when Matthew Bailey comes back healthy, we're just going to plug him right in. I, I, he, Miles Scott is the reason for that. And the two safeties that they brought in from the transfer portal, Clayton Bush and, uh, Demetrius Hill from the freshman all American from FIU. Um, you can tell me all you want to about how Matthew Bailey can sit on a whiteboard and draw up this defense and he has it all. And I know what he did last year as a true freshman. I also know that he never in before the Northwestern game and before the bowl game, he never played more than 15 snaps in a game. So um, to have an an unbelievable amount of confidence that you can just plug and play Matthew Bailey right away um, blows my mind, because I think that this defense from a safety perspective is going to have guys that I think Aaron Henry is going to be able to trust um, and Matthew Bailey's not going to be able to play until at least the Penn State game. And you're going to let him play against Drew Aller, who I think is one going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the big 10 Penn state fans have been <laughs> absolutely rooting for Matt drew Aller to actually win this job and get this job for a while. And there's a reason for it. Um, it. The, the only intriguing part about that is, is that that will be his first road game in the big 10 is coming to champagne. Um, however, a lot. I mean, I it's big noon kickoff, so I think the atmosphere is gonna be rocking and rolling. But a lot of I think if you if you had to draw up a first road game for Drew Aller, I don't know if Champagne wouldn't have been on your top three or four, to be honest with you. It's not like he's going to the big house or he's going to the shoe. Um the idea being that I think Miles Scott is going to have has the potential to have a Kirby Joseph type season in the sense that I think that he could solidify one of those safety spots. I think he could be a guy that Aaron Henry trusts all over the field. Um, and as a guy athletically that I think, and physically has has more of a defensive mentality than he had when he was backing up the slot receiver spot for Isaiah Williams. So um, those are two guys that I think if they can stay healthy and they can have a good year, um, you did not see on the field last year at all. Um, especially Miles Scott playing the position he's going to play this year. and And I think that if they can stay on the field and have, solidifying seasons that Illinois is going to be pretty good on both sides of the ball.
0: That yeah, those are, those are great selections. Ked, who who are you looking at here when you're going to be, cause you and I end up sitting next to each other in the uh, up in the press box. And then, you know, folks, if you want to see uh, uh, two guys who can put down the, the food during a game, Ted's okay. He, he doesn't hold a candle to me, but he's good eater. And, um, you know, so we're going to have to be watching the players at the same time we're trying to figure out, you know, is the pizza here yet?
2: I'm going to do my thing, but I'm still sticking to my low-carb diet, baby. So I don't know I'm going to get my grub game on. But anyway, here's my thought. And this is – I'm kind of embarrassed to say it, but it's true. It's Luke Allmire to me. Yeah, it's a quarterback, and everybody loves a quarterback, but – I don't know the last time, and I'm actually asking you guys, when was the last time Illinois had a quarterback that could potentially be there for three years and be a three-year starter? Because that's huge for me. I've heard a lot of people say that Luke can make any throw. He's accurate, and people like what what he's done so far. I think that's huge because whether you're home or away, if you have somebody who can make throws, and last year I think Illinois lost some games, this is my opinion, Late in the season when they lost those three games or, or three out of four, or whatever it was, in the end, I don't think they threw the ball on the field enough. Now that they didn't have confidence in, in you know in the veto. I'm not saying that, but I think they did. More... I'll just
0: I'll say it. They didn't. <laughs>
1: he wasn't very good at it, and they didn't.
2: Quiet man. <laughs> so <laughs> now I think that they have confidence in this kid, and I think that's going to change a little bit. Um, I I you know, I, I know the offense. Is going to open up a little bit this year, and I have full confidence that if he can, if he can be successful and just be take care of the ball and give them a chance to not turn the ball over, march the ball on the field, I think he's my number one guy. My next guy is Isaiah Williams because Isaiah is the hit and miss guy to me. I was going to pick a defensive player, but I thought you know what, there were some games where Isaiah to me just left too much on the field, and I really want to see him. He's, he's changed maturity-wise. You listen to him to a, in a press conference today compared to what it was two or three years ago, not even the same kid. But I obviously we all know what he does when he catches the ball, you know, after the catch. And I just really want to see him be more of a threat. And, you know, I want to see the guy put up 1,000 yards is what I really want to see I think he's capable of doing it. And I think Illinois you know, is going to put him in position to do it but those are two guys. They're not they're, I don't care about defense, but I think if they can get a good connection and get short yardage and he can march them out on the field in some spot situations. I'm I'm I think those two guys are going to be it for me.
0: Yeah, the, the, and I I'm, I'm going to second your Luke Altmyer. Um and, and I'll tell you why. You know, you, you just just so you know, Nathan Shieldhouse, you know, le- led the team in passing for four straight years. Juice Williams, you know, did the same thing. Um, Kurt Kittner, uh, was another guy who did it, but I go back to, to what fans don't remember, but you know, Dave Wilson shows up and literally turns around the program with a 3000 yard passing season in 1980. I don't know if the big, I'd have to go look. I'm sure the big 10 had somebody before him that threw for 3000 yards, but it certainly wasn't somebody at a school that was at the bottom of the pack, you know, um, and and then you had Tony Eason come over, and and you know the next year you're like, oh my gosh, we're loo- losing Dave Wilson, and then Tony Eason throws for more yards. Then you had Jack Trudeau come in for three straight years, and and then you had to wait a couple of years, and then you had two years of Jeff George, and and I'm not trying to put Luke Altmaier on that level, but if he can come in and make a difference, th- this team is is going to go places. And then I think the other person that I'm really looking at is Gabe yakus you know, the Illini guy who you can hear every week on the Illini guy sports yeah. spectacular. Um, Very good, tr- Mike
1: Cagley. Yes. And,
0: and, you know, but I, but I tell you what, I, I a couple things. First oh, off, I know. have been amazed at how personable he is you know, uh, comes onto the show. He's, he's gives you honest answers. Um, You know, it's not just like, you know, every once in a while you'll watch these players from other universities and it look like they're going through the motions on something like this and Gabe's engaging and having fun. But, but if he has one of those years where he gets double digit sacks and I'm not saying that's a given, but with the law firm in front of him, um, He's gonna he's gonna get his opportunities, or he they he may be on a hot streak, and force somebody to double team him, and maybe you know Randolph gets free, and and that's the type of team defense I think that Brett Bielma is trying to put into place here, where you're putting pressure from mul- multiple places. So um, I- I'm very interested in those two, and of course, like every college fan across the country, I've got my fingers crossed that that Illinois is not hit by the injury bug um, you know there's uh, there's very few teams that are like Alabama or Georgia that you know oh, well just let's, let's get that get those 3 5 stars on the bench and throw them in and see what happens you know so so you don't want to test your your um strength there so so now let's go and we is if you are a member of IlliniGuys.com, One of the things that people love the most about it are the message boards. And as a member, you can go back and you can post messages. Think of it as like a social media about sports only that's behind the paywall. So we asked some of our subscribers to give us some questions uh, that we could talk about on tonight's show. Uh, Illini Deuce uh, asked, um, you know, Matt uh, in particular, but does uh, Brandon Henderson start sometime this season
1: not if Illinois's offensive line is as healthy and as good as they want to be in 2023 um there's at least two guys that they would start at left tackle before they would start Brandon Henderson there's at least two guys at right tackle that they would start before they started Brandon Henderson um I have the idea that Brandon Henderson's going to play four games um because that's the allotted they'll, they'll figure out a way I, I I think they're going to hope that they can figure out a way to get him on the field in four games. Um, If they play a competitive schedule that I think they're going to play, which is I can only write down in pen one game of the 12 that I think they're going to win. And that's the last one um, when they play Northwestern. Um, But I hope, I think they think that they can get Brandon Henderson on the field for four games and then he'll Richard. That's not to say he hasn't had a good camp. That's not to say he hasn't been good. Um, but, I mean, I, I can I can go down to it if you want to. Like, okay, Julian Pearl is going to start at left tackle. Yeah. I mean, he's not that good. Um, if something happened to, to JP, they would put Isaiah Adams at left tackle. Brandon Henderson can't play guard um, right now. Uh, and so, okay, right tackle. Well, they've got Zai Chrysler and then they've got Josh Getsky, who they would play before him. Um, so I just named you four guys. Um, I think it would be an unbelievable uh, accomplishment for Brandon Henderson if he made the travel team. Like there's there are freshman linemen that do that. Last year it was Hunter Whiteneck who did that. Um, if he does that, I think it would be an unbelievable accomplishment. And I think that he would be in line then the following spring to uh, try to earn a, earn a starting job that way because the offensive line is going to have a lot of turnover.
0: Ted, any thoughts on that? I just don't think there's a need to
2: put – a kid like that, a freshman in the lineup that early, I know he's a big kid from the state that people want to see play, and you know, and you know, we all know that Brett's all about developing and getting them ready. And yes, he's a big kid, at three hundred over three hundred something pounds, three twenty five, three thirty pounds, but I just don't see the need for that. I, I, and I agree with Matt. I think if you get some games and you can, you know, put those kids in those young kids that people want to see play that we all read about and read about. Um, and let them play some 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 significant minutes in a, a blowout win, or um and to get those four games, that's fine. But I definitely will not burn a red shirt on a kid like that because long term, I think he'll help them.
0: Yeah, and and look, folks, the fact that a, a player as good as him is doesn't really see an easy way to play tells you volumes about what Brett Bielma has built here in three years. Because we all know that if he had come here four years ago you know, he, he'd probably be out there in some way, shape or form. And we'd see an 18 year old trying to deal with a 23 or a 24 year old man with a COVID year. And, um, that doesn't usually work out good for the 18 year old. So, um, next one up, uh, this is a uh, J Russ orange and blue. I'm not going to go quite as much, uh, as, as big of a question as he asked, but, um, let's just say you, I know you haven't seen a lot of practice, Who's made the biggest improvement from last year? And that might be, Matt, dependent upon what you're hearing from the coaches too.
1: Yeah. uh, I I mean, I haven't seen anything other than stretching and some individuals. So
0: who's stretching better than they did last year? Yeah, no kidding,
1: right? Um, I would say Aiden Loffrey only because he's healthy and somebody's got to win that number three back spot. Um, I'm not ruling out that it could be Caden Fagan, um, but I think that if you're looking for lightning instead of thunder... Essentially, in that number three spot, it's probably Aiden Loffrey. Um, So I think he's looking better simply because he's healthy. Uh, uh, you know, oh, uh, the the weak side linebacker spot, because I think Dylan Rosiak's ready to win it. I think he can play a lot. I also think KO, Canedo, and Nuglia is going to play a lot of snaps at that spot. And I think Andy Boo has done a really good job of um developing that spot after isaac D'Arangelo goes to the nfl as your leading tackler i think they feel pre- still pretty good about that weak side spot along with um james cruz the redshirt freshman who's the younger brother of josh cruz who's going to start at center um so from that standpoint i think that those are two guys again on offense and on defense that are guys that can help um I think the weak side linebacker spot will help a lot more than Aiden Loffrey will, but there's a, there's a chance that Aiden Loffrey could be in the return game on kick right. return. So he could help you there too. So just the fact that he's healthy and showing the speed that he showed when he was in the, back in high school, I think that that's something that I can see at least on special teams drills. And I've been able to see it with my own eyes and it's, it's looked pretty good.
0: Ted, what are you hearing from coaches uh, out there on the guy that, uh, I'll, I'll tell you
2: one, uh, Brett Bielema, when Fagan was – when when he got a commitment, I just – Brett just talked about this being one of his best recruits of all time. I don't know how much he's going to play, um, but I think he will be one guy, I don't know, that might get more than four games. Another guy that I, I'm i hearing a lot of good things about um, is Malik Elsey. I think you bring kids in like that, I think you have to play them. Um, they're not gonna come to Illinois, not those two kids and and sit. But I think those two those two kids, in particular, to me, I think, um, if I had to pick and choose between one of the two, um, probably Malik more, but I know um, those two kids, they are special to Brett because they are his home run state recruits. And you have to showcase those recruits because if you lose those recruits and they don't it doesn't go well, that hurts you later. So I, I think those two
0: kids for me. Okay, now we got a couple. Uh, these are probably more quick hitters. But Phoenix Illini wants to know how many touchdowns will the Illini beat Wisconsin by? So Matt, I'm going to put you on the spot here for your predictorial skills, which you love to do. I know you love trying to predict what's going to happen multiple games sure. in the future. So sure. Matt, speculate for us. Well, how many, how many
1: touchdowns do you think Illinois will win by? It's the homecoming game, so I'm about to make a whole lot of people mad, but I'm not sure Illinois wins it. Oh, uh, I, I, I think Wisconsin's going to be pretty good, and um, I, if they do win it, I, I think it'll be by one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it'll be a close game, uh, but I'm not entirely sure that Illinois wins that football game. Okay, kid.
2: Well, I'm going to make a lot of Illinois fans happy because I think they're going to win the game. I'm, I am not sold on Wisconsin like everybody else. I'm just not sorry. Um and to answer um Phoenix Alani's question, I think it's at least two touchdowns. I mean I'm not saying Wisconsin's gonna be in the bottom of the West, but I'm s i am I just I'm not sold on it. I'm really sorry guys. So um I'm gonna make the fans happy. I don't see them beating Illinois. In Champaign, I don't see that
0: happening. Well I I tell you what, it's it's interesting because I know that Wisconsin's got a deep a deep wide receiver crew. And I know that if Mordecai plays well, they're they've got some quarterback talent, obviously I am not sold. Their offensive line wasn't great last year. And now we're going to ask them to go back and, and pass 35 times a game and And a lot of those guys, when they came to Wisconsin, they came to Wisconsin because they could run people over, Not that they have, you know, the dancers' feet and can can hold off a, a good pass rush. So hey, here's my thought on Wisconsin, and I know I am in this in the mini, the media minority on this. I think Iowa has to be your favorite now that they actually have a quarterback. I think Illinois is in is your second place team. And then I think Wisconsin is is one that if 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 Mordecai plays well, then then maybe it it changes. But I think Wisconsin's going to be there. The other team that I cannot figure out is Minnesota because they've they've got you know they've got it they've got a you know Fleck is is a good motivator, and now they've been kind of you know with those accusations that kind of came out and then died. At um, the Big Ten Media Days, I think he's going to use that as the us against the world, um, and I he does have a nice roster up there. I'm not saying it's the most powerful in the Big Ten, but he knows what he's recruiting for. So I think you got four teams in the Big in the Big Ten West. If I had to choose, I would probably say Iowa tops and Illinois number two. But you know, people can save this tape and and have a lot of fun if I'm wrong and. Trust me, I've been wrong before and I'll be wrong again. So will um, you know it too. Yeah, yeah, yes, they will. Um now let's talk about uh will Johnny Newton only win the outland trophy or will he take the outland and sweep away the competition in the Walter Camp Award as well? That's Phoenix Alini with his second entry into the question pool.
1: You want me to go first? Yes, Matt. That yours is yours. Okay, yeah, so I did a little research on this because I knew Phoenix's question here was going to come up. Um, uh, I, they've they've been giving out the uh, the Maxwell or is the Maxwell um, trophy since 1968, 1967. Ironically enough, O.J. Simpson won the first two in '67 and '68. There have Jeez. been three defensive players that have ever won the award. One of which was Charles Woodson. And I don't think if he ever plays special teams and doesn't play wide receiver, he probably doesn't win the award. The last defensive player to win that award was Manti Teo. Um, Did Hugh Green win? Was he? Was Hugh Green the other guy? 1980, Hugh Green. Very good, Mike Cagley. Um, four years before I was born. Um, and you look at his statistics, it was like 120 tackles, 17 sacks, 14 forced fumbles. Like, that's video game stuff. Um yeah. Johnny Newton's going to have a hell of a year, I think, if he stays healthy. Um, He's going to be, I think, a top-20 pick in the NFL draft. I do not think he'll win the Outland Trophy. I do not think he'll win the Maxwell Trophy. I think the Outland – I'll give you a little hint. But what about the Walter Camp? Oh, the Walter Camp is um, the, like, best football player in the country. No matter what position you play, offense or defense, he's not winning that because they don't give it to a defensive player. Um, They – and the Allen trophy he has a shot at if he has like an economic sue type season um but they typically now have given that to an offensive lineman specifically a, a left tackle mm-hmm. um i'll give you a little clue of what's coming for a line of guys for me i think penn state might win the league um and their left tackle is one of the best in the country um and he's probably going to be a top five pick in the nfl draft he's i think the best left tackle in the country um, a lot of people are doing the Joe Alt, for General James, Joe Alt, which you, you'll see this weekend in Ireland. He's really, really good. I don't think he holds a candle, um, to Penn state's left tackle. And I think they have a really, really good offensive line, um, coming back this year. So I think he wins it. Um, but I think Johnny Newton's going to have a hell of a year.
0: So kid, I'm not much for picking award winners. Do you have any thoughts on the Outlander Walter camp awards?
2: Yeah, I want to, I'm going to be real brief here. Not that I don't, I don't have an opinion, which everybody knows I do from time to time. I just, it only has to be really, really good to me. I mean, a top five, top 10 team, in my opinion, what I've seen to win awards like that, unfortunately. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with their NFL talent and where they go and how much money they make. Those awards typically go to the same people, excuse me, same programs. I'm not saying that it can't be done, but I, I know, and I know they have a good spokesperson, Brett Bielema, but they have to be very successful on the field to even have a chance. When you got when you're going up against Penn State, Michigan, and LSU, and and you know Alabama, those awards are tough.
0: Okay, yeah, that that that's definitely one that that um, I, I'm 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 out of my depth. So I've already answered this next question from Mr. CC ninety three do does the line have a realistic shot at winning the west this season who do you think is going to win matt
1: yeah yeah they do i mean I, I think illinois could win the west there's no doubt about it i actually think they can lose the game against penn state and still win the west um so you can probably go six and two in the big 10 and win the west um so yeah i think they have absolutely have a shot to win the west um I was leaning toward Iowa. I, I was leaning basically to where you were sitting, Mike. I, I basically kind of had Iowa, Wisconsin, and Illinois in that trio. I'm not sold on Minnesota because I just don't know if the, they have enough skill right. on both sides of the ball to uh, to get it done. There's a reason why they let Tanner Morgan come back for like an eighth and ninth year, and I'm, I'm not convinced they have it at quarterback or at running back now to to move the football enough that they're going to need it. Um, but I think those are your three. Um and I think any of those three can win it. I, I could, again, I don't think I have to come up with some sort of creative genius to figure out how those three are going to win it. And my concern with Iowa is Kate McNamara is not healthy and he needs as many reps as he can get. Yeah. I think, I think Illinois absolutely has a shot to win West. I'm mean, one of the three that I think that you could certainly think that they could, they could do it. Yeah.
0: Good. Cad, uh, what are your thoughts on who's going to win the West?
1: Uh, I most
2: certainly think, um, Illinois has a chance to win it. And just think about this for a second. How many times we've all we've talked on the phone, we've had meetings, we've sit in press box. Somebody's gonna surprise us. I don't know whether it's the Minnesota, Nebraska, we're gonna sit in that press box and we're gonna think, oh my gosh, did you see this coming? Case in point, nobody saw Illinois going seven to one last year. I mean, it's sports, it's gonna happen. Who that team is, I, I don't know. Um I don't know. I just – Iowa does have a quarterback, but I just don't know. They have to prove to me that they're going to throw the ball around enough. You're not going to beat people nine to six all the time. It's just not to me. So, I was, I'm i still giving them away a shot based on their schedule. I really look at that, and I think that's that, that's huge for me. Now, granted, anybody can beat anybody, anyone at any given time, but I'm – I'm not going to say Nebraska's going to win it, but I'm going to tell you, I think they may be a better team than what people think. They're not going to just be, you know, get rolled over and lose 10 games in a row either.
0: Nope, that's good. Um, Now, U of I times three uh, says, am I wrong uh, to think that secondary recruiting has improved um, and in some part due to the success of the NFL draft? is it too much to hope that the defensive tackle recruiting will follow the same path when the law firm are drafted into the first round or two after next season? Cause I do think that the defensive tackle recruiting has been probably the only like area that's been a, been rougher than what I thought. Cause I, I really thought people would look at Bielema's past and go, yeah, I, I would, I'd like to come play for him based on the success he's had with offensive and defensive linemen Matt what what do you think about the defensive tackle recruiting and you know where it may lead
1: to two Chicago land guys that are currently in fall camp at Wisconsin right now that Rick, I think it would make a lot of people feel a lot differently if Roderick Pierce and Jamel Howard had signed with Illinois and were freshmen this year at Illinois I think people would feel a lot differently about it I'd feel a lot differently about it um Yeah. I I mean, I, I, there's, there's going to have to be some answers to what they do after Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph leave. Um, And it will be after this year. I know a lot of people will point to the idea that they both have a a year of eligibility left. I'm telling you, they're not using it. Um, And everybody in the building knows it. Um, And there's not, I mean, again, like, I mean, (laughs) your, your boy, Bryce Barnes is gone too, Mike. So, I mean, there's, there's going to be an upheaval here. Um, So, Uh, yeah i i I, uh uh, terrence jameson's got a hell of a job in front of him in in 2024 when the league gets a lot more difficult by the way um and you're gonna have to win games at the line of scrimmage. um so but i i the first part of the question i agree with i think that i think that secondary recruiting with aaron henry has been a lot better because of what they've been able to do in the draft not only with the last three guys but also with kirby joseph um it's not at the level where, you know, you know, like what Manny Diaz can do at Penn State, which is just play. I don't think that they can always have the athletes to play man 99% of the time on the Island, um, but it's gotten better. And I think that Illinois defense, uh, secondary recruiting has gotten better, but um, yeah, they really need to figure out a way to get some gems on the defensive line because it's the, quite frankly, it's the hardest, it's the hardest position to recruit and it's, it's the hardest thing to do because kids in high school just don't look like you want them to look three years from now. So you have to project. And so I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what diamonds in the rough that JMO can come up with over the next year and a half that can subsidize losing the law
2: firm. From a, from a recruiting standpoint, I'm just going to take the latter part of the question. I think the, the recruiting and the, the, the atmosphere, the the way the recruits and parents and the the country is looking at Illinois now, I'm not saying they're going to replace him right away, but I know Brett's not a big guy in the transfer portal, but I know he'll he'll fill a need. I can assure you that. I just I think it's better than what people realize, and I don't think it's you're not going to be able obviously to replace those two, but I think the success that they have in the NFL, um, there's a new swag, you know, and people don't look at Illinois now and think what am I going to Illinois for? Why do I want to go there? You know, what's at Illinois? Now, I mean, if you read some of the stuff on our sites, I mean, one of the kids, Josiah and I talked about being one of the top five coaching staffs in the country. That's easy to recruit kids like that. It's easy when you can show success. It's easy when Brett had success at putting guys in the NFL before he came to Illinois. Now he's able to do the same thing. So I don't think it's going to be as tough. Will it be easy? No, but I think they'll they'll be able to fill it, fill those two spots, and and I don't think there's going to be a, as long as he's there. There's not going to be you know depth issues. That roster starting to fill out and guys with some size. You look at the roster now compared to what it was, you know, three or four years ago. It's not even close to the same.
0: Yep, yep. Now we're going to go to the really the toughest question that was out there. Uh, Stump four wants to know if we had any superstitions on game day. So, um, if yes, what is it? And um, let's let's hear Matt. What's your what's your game day superstition?
1: I wear a tie. Uh, yeah, that that only... you do stand out from everybody. Um, that's just an old SECV rider thing where the older guys would always show up in dress shirt and a tie. Um, so you're not talking I... the
0: old Butch Lewis, a tie and bare chested.
1: No, um, <laughs> I'm I'm also, I pretty much rock the Jim Trestle look just because I don't really want my tie f- flapping all over the place. Um, and Memorial Stadium can have 25 to 30 mile an hour winds in case you were wondering. Um, that's about it. I don't, okay. I get there, I get there. Scott Ritchie of the Champagne News Gazette beats me every time, but I try to get there as early as I can. And if they'll, they'll let me in the building, I try to get there really, really early. Um, but those are those are my two. And that's only just a nervous habit because I want to have a whole bunch of stuff done before they even toe hits leather. Right. Um, so I don't know if those are superstitions, but that's just usually my routine.
0: That's cool. That's close. Ked, Ked, what do you have?
1: I uh, so
2: I know people are going to laugh at this, but I really do have one. There's an easier way for me to get to the stadium number one, and I don't take it, but at least for at least the last 15 years, there's a gas station that I go to I'm not going to promote the gas station. I would go to that gas station. I don't care if it was a women's basketball game, volleyball game, men's football, didn't matter. I would go to this gas station, always get my gas before. I'd always buy a pop, never drink the pop, and I always got my gas before every game and it was way out of the way regardless of how late it was or what time the game was. I would do it before every game even if I was going to be late. So, I get a pop, don't even I don't drink pop. I would pay for it and I would, oh, and I'd also buy a newspaper and didn't read that half the time either.
0: Wow. Okay. So you buy soda that you're never going to drink. It's like, like <laughs> okay, that's, that, that, that's. <laughs> so bad. It's like, I'm serious. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's funny, but
2: I'm very superstitious and I am, I am. Then sometimes I think, man, they lost. So maybe I should change, but it's been at least 15 years. I've not missed it
0: once. Wow. Okay and we will those gas station folks may want to notice cat in the store and go we we'd like to do some some uh, old person NIL advertising with you <laughs> um yeah and and i i really don't have any you know i i guess my main thing is is to try to not shatter yet another spoon on the custard cup uh ice cream that's that's uh totally frozen and i don't have enough uh discipline to let it fall out for a few minutes before i go at it so Someday I'll learn, and then I won't go break a couple of those spoons during every game, but that's probably not very soon. Um, so, Ked, is there any um, any visitors coming opening weekend uh, out there from the football standpoint?
2: Um, there are some visitors. I think they're looking at some of the 25, 26 class, um, but I'm just not going to – I'm going to call spade spade. It is, and Matt's going to know the same thing. They're bringing in the big boys for the Penn State game. That that's that's not that the other games aren't important. You know, don't get me wrong. But there, I'm expecting a lot of recruits at that at that game. And so, yes, they'll have some. But I think you know they're looking at kids who may um they're, that they're getting feels for or guys that maybe want to camp and you know they're showing a little bit of interest in. But the first week, um, no, I think but that Penn State game. I mean, that is going to be the who's who and, you know, it's going to be a big selling point. When we were talking about this in the beginning of the show about that game, I mean, immediately because I'm a recruiting nut, I just thought right away, man, I can't wait to get on the field to see what the kids are thinking.
0: So one one quick question before I move on, but um, for fans who who are wanting to see some of the recruits or, you know, kind of get an idea, you know, most most of these kids are, you know, a lot of them are ginormous. They got the the lanyards on, you know, and they're walking around on the field. Um, is, is that something that is that an advantage if you're if you're wanting to get into the uh, stadium a few minutes early and get a chance to kind of scope out and see if you can see some of the recruits walking around prior to the game? Or uh, how do that, you know, is there any strategy that a fan can use if they want to, you know, say that, oh, I saw so and so?
2: Yeah, you know what? What's really unique. I'm gonna give an example. One kid last year when Malik Elzey was there, uh, the big boys they kind of all the recruits typically sit in the south n- north end zone, and but and you can see all those recruits there with some of the coaches and a lot of the media guys and you know like myself trying to talk to the recruits, but some of the ones that are like really heavy hitters. When the team's out there on the field, they're on the sidelines. And I remember Malik Elzey being out there. I remember Kate Fagan being on the sideline. A lot of those guys, they never – they don't go to the end zone. Not that they're trying to avoid interviews. They're really watching. They're listening to the coaches. And last year I got lucky enough to get an interview with Malik, and he was literally sitting there listening to what the coaches were saying. And in the north end northern zone, you get to see the players and they're stretching. And one of my favorite things is, you know, hearing the moms think oh, – hear them say, oh, my gosh, look at these guys how are you ever going to play college football here? Because they're big, so it's kind of unique. But to answer your question, not to ramble here, if you could get to the game um, before the kickoff, um, they're all down there. And most of those kids, they'll sign autographs for you too.
0: Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Matt, any recruiting thoughts? I know that's not necessarily – you don't uh, spend your time
1: on that, but any thoughts there? Yeah, can we talk about the 2024 quarterback where Illinois now beaten two SEC schools that have tried to flip him? Because that's exactly what I've heard. It's, I mean, I'll, I'll break the ice tonight, I guess. That's exactly why I'm headed to my former stomping ground of Starkville, Mississippi later on this fall. Um, Trey Patty is not going to go to Ole Miss, as far as I understand. Um, and as far as I understand, Mississippi State, which is right down the road on Highway 12, I can hit a driver from midfield at, Yellow Jacket Stadium at Starkville High, and it'll hit, you know, Davis Wade Stadium. Um, I don't think they've offered him yet. And my my understanding of recruiting is you got to offer a scholarship before a kid yeah. can go there. Um, but, yeah, I think we need to talk about the fact that Illinois has basically uh, played defense real well on two potential flips here on Trey Petty which I think everybody thought was an automatic, oh, well, he's gone. What are we going to do for quarterback in 2024? Well, what they're going to do for quarterback in 2024 is sign Trey Petty and have him enroll early, which is everything that I've been told is what is the plan, and that's exactly what's going to happen. And I think it's a hell of a recruiting win, no matter how many stars the kid has, um, that Illinois has been able to fend off what is a a hell of a recruiting effort by this kid. And I think that's going to be a hell of a recruiting effort once he starts putting up numbers in his senior year at Starkville High. And one of the
2: things we talked about was, and that's what we talked about. We talked about where Illinois is now from where they were before. That would have happened and that flip would have happened, you know, weeks ago. So that's what I was saying about this staff being different, being long-term. I don't see them with an empty roster. I don't see, and it's easy for only football fans to think to be scared to be skeptical thinking okay this is going to happen because the worst is going to am i going to say every kid's going to say to their commitment no but i did hear brett say once and i don't know if you two have as well they, they're not keen if they're going to offer you a scholarship and you're going to commit, but that's what that means. They're not into having kids commit and then take off and leave and stuff. So I'm not surprised, but it's a nice thing to have to see, especially from Illinois. And, they, you know, it's called spade, to spade They haven't been one of the best football teams in the country. They've struggled for years and decades. So I think that's kudos to the, to the whole staff to hold on to them.
0: Yeah, that, that, and, and I tell you, I, I had the chance to talk to several of uh parents who knew him um, at a basketball tournament because uh, one of their really good players is being looked at by Ohio State from a from a basketball recruiting standpoint. And um, boy, he, he just sounds like a great kid. I mean, to to a person, they were like a testimonial to Trey Petty. So that was awesome to hear. Um, yeah. And
1: the only, um, I don't mean to keep going, but the go only ahead. thing I've heard also, and I, I put this out on our message boards at alanaguys.com is that the wild card in here was luke altmeyer because luke was able to tell trey petty when he went to old Miss's i don't know whatever you want to call it uh the barbecue that lane kiffin names after his dog um and then he went to a uh, big dog camp over at mississippi state was he basically was able to say hey you can go to old miss if you want to but my experience was really really bad there it was really really bad and my understanding is the same staff's there. So why don't you just come here and back me up? Because I think that's the plan. Um, and so I think that, that, that paved a lot for, for, for what's going on there because Trey Petty as a ninth grader did back up Luke Altmyer at Starkville high. And I think that, that, that held a lot of weight for that young man. And I think that that is why when Ole Miss came calling, he based, everybody who has, anything connected to Ole Miss that talks to me has said, you know, he's too far down the road on Illinois that that we're, we're not even going to bother. And that's, that's, that's the impression that I got and that's why he's going to enroll early and he'll be there for the spring and they're going to get the development started as early as possible.
0: That'd be fantastic. So Ked, last question here. I know people are about ready to probably get out of their cars and go to work or, or whatever you're doing right now. Um, Any questions, Any weekend that people should be thinking about, I suspect I know the answer here, for basketball recruits to come to town, what would be a a good weekend that would be exciting for (laughs) basketball recruits to see the University of Illinois and its fantastic atmosphere?
2: I'm going to say it again. September 16th, if you're an Illinois fan, the place should be sold out. You should be, you know, going to get tickets. I'm sure ticket prices are going to be high. That weekend, is, it's, it's big. Um, one guy that Mike, you and I both absolutely love, Mikey Lewis, is an outstanding guard. I mean, I there's a lot of recruits that I, I talk about, and I give high praise. But, boy, if Illinois could somehow land him, that would be a, he'd be a game changer. I do think uh, it will be Kansas and Illinois. And I do think there's some LSU ties there. But I'm learning I mean there is but I will tell you he is really really talented and I don't know how this kid well he's not a five-star kid because he didn't play for a high-profile AU team he was younger but I, he's going to get the red carpet treatment you can bet you everything that they have they're going to give to him uh plays for prolific prep he knows Coleman Hawkins so I think they're going to utilize that as well so that's just a big weekend and I just we all saw and learned that Jeremiah Fierce is going to be there that weekend as well. So they are putting in a lot of effort into that into that weekend not just for football. And I'm working on some of the women's basketball recruits cuz I know they're bringing in some people as well. So if you're an Illinois basketball fan that weekend it could be extremely special all around.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know in terms of of buying tickets, you know, if you're if you're going to go to a game this year Penn State probably would have been one of them that you were going to circle and say, "Well, I might, you know, I might get tickets to the game. Well, you know, get there a little early because it's going to be crazy because Fox is going to be broadcasting somewhere live. I don't know if it's going to be in the end zone or or where they do it. They do it out the side of the stadium. No idea, but they're going to be there live for the pregame show. And you are going to have some really good recruits on both the football, basketball." and women's basketball side so if there's a game that you want to get there and kind of get you know soak it up this would be it and if Illinois wins this then it goes into one of those um, types of years where you start thinking like how far can they go and trust me we still you know those of us who were there in 83 we still talk about the Iowa game, the Michigan game, the Ohio State game, which were just spectacular. Um, so we're about ready to wrap this up. Uh, Matt, any final thoughts that, or anything right now? Uh, otherwise, we'll we'll go to Ked.
1: No, I, I just think, I think this is a huge season for Illinois football. I think it's a huge season for Brett Bielema. I think we've said it before. I've said it before. Ked has said it before. Um, this is the momentum-building season. This is the can-you-do-it- we, look, we, we, we get a lot of our feedback from the message boards. The message boards people have told us, like, you have to do it this year. Like, last year was great. You have to build on it this year. And we have to see that you can do it two years in a row. Um, I think if this falls flat, there's a lot of people that are going to be shaking their heads and going, you know, what do we do? Like, you know, and, and – um, but if it doesn't fall flat and they can go to a similar type, you know, postseason type situation – after this year, I think if they can replicate the amount of wins that they had last year, then you start to see a foundation get built. And I think that that's what Brett Bielema is trying to do. Um, and that's why he signed the extension that he signed and the clause that he signed in the contract that says he can't go anywhere else in the conference. That's He wants he wants to build it here. Um, well, if you want to build it here, you've probably got to get it off the ground in 2023. So I, I think that this I don't know, Mike. Is this? I mean, I I go back and I I can't find a season. Maybe after the after the Rose Bowl year, and then they didn't follow up on it that that year either. Um, it's probably the most important year since what 20, 2008 that yeah. Illinois has had to, to, flopped, to, to yeah. you know in a football season. And and I think that that people point to that and go, look, I need to see, I need to see, you know, the continuation. I need to see the building and um you're going to either see it or you're not. And I think that there's there's a lot of consequences that are going to come out of the 2023 season, good, bad. And I don't think there's going to be any indifferent. Ted, any final thoughts from you?
2: Well, I'm, I'm in agreement with Matt 100%. I don't want to add pressure to them, but this is a big year. Illinois fans, media, we've all seen it. It's that one-year wonder that we've all talked about. This is big because this proves that you are building a program. I mean, I want to see Illinois do what Iowa does in Wisconsin every year. And I think that's what they're trying to do. Falling backwards right now, I don't think, you know, air may sting a little bit if they struggle early, but they cannot avoid a bowl. You, you can't not go to a bowl game. You have to lose one, six, seven games and be respectful and to be people that you're not supposed to be. And for the love of goodness, you can't get blown out, you know, and then see people leave the stadium at halftime. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but that's again, this is this is big. Illinois football, long term, for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years, as long as Brett's there, I think this year is a is, is huge for him.
1: The last thing I'll say too quickly is that I think um, I think what Illinois is building is almost as important as this year and seeing if they can get it built. If that makes any sense, Illinois football has an identity for the first time in a long, long time. And I I, I point this out to people that if you go back and you look at the Power Five Conference champions from last year, okay, Georgia, Michigan, Utah, uh, Clemson, and I'm trying to think of the last one. Uh, Help me out. Uh, Anyway, um, what do they all do well? They all play unbelievable defense and they run the ball Ball. and they play bully ball. And that is your identity as long as Brett Vilema is your head coach. And granted by his contract, he wants to be the head coach for a long, long time. And so I think Illinois having an identity and playing to that identity and being who they are. And, and when you turn on Illinois and you, you and when people talk about Illinois, there's always this, you know, symbolic, you know, at least parallel thinking now of this is what Illinois football is. This is how we recruit. This is what we're do- This is what we do. And I think that that is huge. And that's all Brett Bielema, Um, and and quite frankly. And I I think this fan base needs to embrace bully ball because there's not a whole lot of people in the country that are doing this um, and that are building this game with big people. And this is just where I sit. This game can change all it wants to from the next 10 years, from the last 10 years this game is still one with everything close to the football. And, and and I think that it's really smart. And I think it's really, really a great thing that Illinois has an identity. And I think that um, people can really embrace being that big physical football program that that is just a pain in the butt for everybody else to play. Because this league is going to keep getting harder. And if you're the pain in the butt that everybody doesn't want to play – then at least you have an identity with the other 15 schools that are going to be in the big 10. And I think Brett Bielema is building that.
0: Yep. Yeah. I think it's, it's an interesting time. Uh, we're really uh, on the verge of a season that probably has as much buildup as that 2000, um, 2008 Eight. season. Um, and then I go back to 1984 um, and and that, that season where our expectations were so high and, um, and I do believe that you know you've got a coach who's um, probably more disciplined than maybe Mike White was, and and clearly better than than Ron Zook. So I think it, I think it'll be a real interesting year to stick around. This is a great time to subscribe to Alana Guys. Go to guys.com hit the registration, $99 a year. And trust me, folks, once you go back into the message boards and you start having these conversations directly with Ked, directly with Matt, directly with Brad, um that makes the it worth its its weight in gold plus you get you can see everything that mike farrell's writing all of their articles are opened up to you you don't get just the first line um and i think it's it's well worth what you spend so um with that uh we're gonna go over to a a real quick commercial and then we'll be right back whether you live in champaign or chicago halfway across this great nation or halfway across the planet IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Whether it's game results or what's going on in recruiting behind the scenes, IlliniGuys.com covers it. Only $99 a year, and you get a free seven-day trial to kick the tires. Go to IlliniGuys.com, click the register button that's right next to the seven-day free trial, and we'd love to have you as a subscriber. IlliniGuys.com. And a big thanks to uh, Matt Stevens and Kedrick Prince for taking an hour of their time here on a Thursday night to talk about Illini sports. We hope you've enjoyed this. And certainly we look forward to talking to you again. Monday, we will be speaking with a reporter from Toledo who will give us a preview on the Toledo, uh, the MAC champions, and it is going to uh, be a game that a lot of us wish uh, Toledo wasn't quite so good. And then the next weekend, we'll probably wish the same things about Kansas. And if the Illini go two and zero, it will be an amazing environment to run into Penn State um, at the University of Illinois in Week Three. It will be so much fun. Until then, though, we will keep you up to date and go Illini.